0: Hello everyone. I want to welcome you back to See the Sunrise. This is season two and episode 28. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3, the Lord speaking to the prophet while he was in prison said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing, not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people. From the pew to the pulpit, we all have had various experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives, and I want to introduce you to some of them through in-depth conversations. Maybe you will be able to identify with some of their stories and hopefully they move you to live a more fulfilling life by developing a relationship with Christ. This week, I'd like to introduce you to a young lady I met at seminary. There was something about her that drew me to her. Primarily, I believe it was her positive attitude. But not only that, she embraced everyone the same with joy and a heart of love. That wasn't hard to discern if you took a moment to look at her, to watch her. Quite frankly, That was all that i knew about her but it was her spirit the spirit of the living god that compelled me the most and i wanted you to meet her and since i'm focusing on love this week it's a great opportunity to hear about her initiative called i love you the movement she started this in the year 2000 let me tell you a little bit about felicia she is a graduate of united theological seminary with a master of arts She's also a graduate of Wilberforce, Wilberforce University with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology with a graduating thesis and is currently the Assistant Pastor at Auburn Avenue Baptist Church in Bellefontaine, Fountain, Ohio. Help me welcome and say hello to Felicia Hamilton and welcome, Felicia, to See the sunrise.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Pastor.
0: Thank you for your time and sharing your story with me and your willingness to share it with our listeners today. I pray that your candor and your honesty is going to lead someone to a better life as they are able to see the sun, the S-O-N, rise in their own lives. So as I was searching and I looked and I saw you started this movement, I Love You, the movement, it created a lot of curiosity for me. So tell (laughs) me what that is all about.
1: Yes, uh, simply put. Uh, 20 years ago, I almost committed suicide and on the day that I almost took my life, um, I received a random hug and that random hug changed the the trajectory of the trajectory of my life in so much that I wanted to pass that forward. So moving along 20 years now. Uh, We have been passing out hugs in hopes that it changes someone else's life. And we also say, I love you over that person as a, as a prayer, if you will, just to let that person know that one touch can be infectious and can change things. And then two, that they're loved in case it's something they haven't heard in a while. That's something that can hopefully spawn a new interest in self, as well as in helping them understand or love others.
0: You know, I like that that what you said. Just that one hug changed a decision, which could have been a a totally life altering decision, not just for you but those around you. Absolutely. That that touch meant so much, or that hug meant so much. Did they know something was going on, or?
1: If I can be completely transparent with you all, um, is. <laughs> It's one of those things where I asked the Holy Spirit several times, "Who was it?" I knew so many people in the school, and uh, I guess you could say I was popular. Which is even when I shared with people that I had this this influence of of suicidal spirit on my life, so many people are like, "You, you know?" But yes, it was me. And I prayed for years uh, for God to reveal, you know, like, who was that that hugged me? And finally, it wasn't until two years ago when I finally got the confidence of letting people know what we were doing with I Love You, the movement, that the Holy Spirit said it was just an angel.
0: Oh, my. Yes, ma'am. So you believe in angels?
1: Yes, ma'am. I do.
0: You know, that's interesting because you said just that one touch, and it reminds me of the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And how, Mm, for so many years, she struggled. How does that story impact you when you think about that and that
1: touch? Right now, I'm about to run, (laughs) shout, drink. I'm about to do a whole (laughs) lot of stuff right now. (laughs) But... When I think about that, that was one thing that I was craving just from having a very early experience of being an adult, Um, just, you know, taking care of my family, supporting in various ways, and with that, not always getting what I felt I needed as a child of getting that touch. Um, When I hear that, I hear how God will, first of all, with that angel's touch in that moment of my real life, um, being present, I was pressing towards the hem of God's garment in that moment. I was pressing towards um, him wherever I could. And I was, I mean, I was praying in that moment. I did not, I I wanted to do it and I would have done it. My plan was written, my letters were written to my family. So that was not uh, something that was against me. And uh, taking my life. But I was praying all oh, days leading up to it. And I'm like, God, I need you. I want you. I have to have you. I'm I'm, I'm searching. I have to. And so to know that you can, oh, I'm about to cry. Uh, but to know that you can actually press through the crowd to get to the hem of his garment and he will answer, that just sends chills down my spirit to know that he hears and he truly, he truly values those that he calls his children. He values everybody. I always tell everybody that Christ takes care of kingdom and community. Um, whether you are in the kingdom and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, or those that have not and have not heard of him or have, are seeking or searching or on the fence of or just living. He's take, He loves all of us and his embrace is there for everybody. And that's the power of his love. Because he is love. That's what first John 4 and 8 says. God is, is love. love.
0: Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, I tell you, your spirit is just infectious. And that's what I started this with. And I just have right. so many questions with you sharing this and just talking about that embrace from God. Mm-hmm. That 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 touch, that thing that really moved you from a place of 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 no desire to live to a, mm-hmm. a desire to have life. Around what age were you when you were having those thoughts?
1: Truthfully, um, I was placed in the hospital for it in middle school. So you could say 13, 14. I struggled with it pretty much all my middle school and high school life. So from sixth grade all the way through middle school, I struggled with it. Um, As far as actually making plans, actually putting forth action, that kind of thing. As a matter of fact, the paramedics and the uh, fire department had to come get called to my house and they responded to calls. Mm -hmm. Um, I was placed in the hospital for actions that I took against myself. So it's not something that I think about or uh, it's not something that I hear people talk about. These are my stories, Mm -hmm. my experiences, my episodes of mental health crisis that I had to deal with.
0: Right. And, you know, there there's so many people that have struggled with that at one time or another. I know many. And I remember a time when I was young that the thought, you know, crossed my mind because things weren't going the way I thought that they should go. Mm -hmm. And often people don't think it's something that they can talk about or should talk about. And so what makes you so courageous in speaking your truth? <laughs> I would
1: the only answer is the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um when in 2017, when I actually started the movement that you all know of today, uh, prior to that, I would be in Sunday school, Bible study, uh, speaking at a message, a conference, and I would share the story of how somebody received the hug and it changed the trajectory of their life. But I was never the one influenced. I was never the main character. It was always someone talking about the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't until the day that god was like i want you to tell people how this goes and it wasn't until the day that you know he, he i actually did my first facebook live ever in history which was Nine minutes long. And if anybody knows Facebook, you don't do a nine minute long Facebook, post. but it was my first. I didn't know what was happening. But uh, nonetheless, I started to share that experience again. And the third person, if you will, it wasn't my story. And finally, the Holy Spirit. And in the middle of it, I'm starting to cry on the inside because the Holy Spirit said, tell them now it was you. And I'm conflicted because I'm like, no, I can't tell these people that it was me that was dealing with suicide. I can't tell these people that it was me that was afflicted with this thing that people think you're going to hell for. I can't share this side of my story. And he just kind of sat back like, what you going to do? You know, but it was in that moment he touched me once again and gave me the courage to say it was me that was afflicted with the influence of suicide. Mm -hmm. And with that, um, it was the hug that changed my life. And with that hug, now this is the mission that God has me on. And for the last 20 years, this is what I've been doing. And I've been passing out hugs. And I was in in the Huber Heights Kroger parking lot, saying, "Now let me show you how this movement goes." And I jumped out of my car and I hugged random people, asking them, "May I give you a hug and tell you I love you?" Some people said yes, and some people said no, and I'm okay with both answers. Why? Because I, I, God is still, even if you don't get to touch somebody, you've already influenced them by letting them know that they're loved. They don't know it, but you're letting them know. Hey, may I? Not invade your space, but may I come close enough to you to receive a touch. And if you say yes, we're linking. I love you. And that's it. And that's the prayer that God leaves with them. And if they say no, I'll say, that's okay. Just know that you're loved and go on about my day. But just to know that that prayer is with them and that love still goes forward. It's passing love forward.
0: (laughs) It's interesting because the, the word tells us we are a peculiar people. And yes, sure, you I'm might. sure that you've got a lot of eyebrow raises and oh, people yes. <laughs> looking at you like, is she crazy? She doesn't even know me. And then mm-hmm. let be asked, this is COVID uh, season. How yes. did that work out? Because a lot of the uh, coming out, out loud or speaking out loud came during this season. How did mm-hmm. that work with this movement?
1: Yes. And, you know, we had to be creative with the movement. Uh, the last two years, we've actually done things that are mo- mostly virtual. We've done uh, things of virtual hugs. We've we've given people virtual hugs where we've actually called people and checked on them during this COVID pandemic season. That was our virtual hug. We've uh, taken pictures holding up the I love you sign and posting them on our Facebook pages. That was a virtual hug. Uh, we've done things like that. We've stood on street corners holding up signs that say, I love you and waving at people just so people can feel the love any kind of way from a distance. Yes. But just because we're at a distance doesn't mean the influence and the impact can't
0: be there. Yeah. And and and, in a season where there's so much division in our world, I just think this is an amazing movement to to, get people that where we may not agree on different agendas relative to politics or things like that. But How can Mm -hmm. anyone deny, you know, love, love that is uncompromising, not looking for anything. It's the agape kind of love, you know, it's beyond the filial. We don't, we're not trying to be friends and that may result. And obviously it's not arrows, but it truly is the (laughs) agape kind of love, the kind of love that God wants us to exude to everyone. You said something um, uh, previously, you said you were conflicted and convicted. So... Mm. (laughs) The conflict came, it sounds like, with what you were feeling, because a lot of people have a difficult time understanding or discerning God saying do something and Mm -hmm. then doing it because the spirit says do something. How were you able to discern between those two?
1: Well, first of all, I talk to God a lot. (laughs) That's first and foremost. And having a relationship with God will allow you to be able to discern those moments. Um, Truly, the Holy Spirit and I, because I kind of briefly hit on uh, my seven-year-old self, um, I was in a car accident, you know, that uh, was pretty traumatic. But from that time, I just had a very close conversation and relationship with the Holy Spirit that just walked with me. The Holy Spirit was my best friend. Like if I can put it out there like that, he was my best friend. and still is to this day. So just listening to him is because we are in re- in in relationship. like i can't I can't blame it. I can't put it on anything else other than relationship and consistent relationship. That's how you're able to discern those moments mm-hmm.
0: that's that's really that's really a great point. And one of the things you say, you talk to God a lot, and yes. obviously, you talk to him because everything you're saying, a lot of what you're saying is scripture because I hear my sheep know my voice and a stranger mm-hmm. they won't follow. And so oh, well, you yes. had developed a relationship with God such that you knew when he was telling you to do something. And how yes. can others discern that voice when they're looking to do something like what you've done to start mm-hmm. that, that movement that compels people with the love of Christ? How, how do you do that?
1: That's now that's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, first, find yourself in a quiet place where you are talking to God. But the most important thing is that you're listening, (laughs) being able to sit, being able to write. Habakkuk tells us write the vision, make it plain. If he puts something in your spirit, write it down, write it down so that you can see it before you. And then you can start praying into it. Holy spirit, what have I written down that doesn't line up with what it is that you're sending me into? What is it that you want me to do in this step one, step two, step three, because it could even be in phases. But I think when it, excuse me, the relationship that I speak of, the consistency came because of, it was a dialogue and not a monologue. And that's what anybody that's starting something from scratch or getting back into it or whatever they need to do, do it with a monologue with the Holy Spirit. Do it in collaboration with the Holy Spirit. Remember, he doesn't need us. We need him. So let's don't tell him your plans. Allow him to tell you his will.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I like that a lot. Um, We write our plans, but God orders our steps. I tell you, you're just a writing textbook of scripture right now. Oh um,
1: go
0: god. <laughs> <laughs> you said our and we when you talk about I love you the movement. Is it a group of individuals is there you wrote that <laughs> that that plan or was this something God directed and said, "Hey, these are the people that I need you to um go after or to introduce the idea or the people that he put in your space to help you with this?"
1: It's people in my space that he's he's allowed me to share the movement with, bounce ideas off of we are not um, a big committee. It's myself and my daughter at the moment, (laughs) but it is, and I I take that back. No, I, I, but what have, that's who started it, but who it is now is people that are, have seen the movement and they've taken it to, um, uh, there's a school in Indiana that took it. They found out what we were doing and they ended up, for example, they ended up going out before school one day, their entire club wrote messages on their sidewalk. Oh, nice. And they did that for the entire school so that the school was encouraged. That's the we. It's the people that wears our apparel and then people say, what does your shirt mean? And they answer, it's okay to love yourself again. And they that's the we. It's the people that um, that I'll never come in contact with directly, but they see our message, they love our message and they go, I had a young lady text me not long ago. She says, I don't like people. But because of you, I hug somebody randomly in the grocery store because they look like they needed it. That's our we. So it's, yes, it's me and my daughter that are part of the board, if you will, but it's extension and it's extended far beyond my reach. Uh, God has blessed us to go to seven countries and hug on people and a lot of. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, in spaces and country uh, and places within our country and hugging on folks. So it's far beyond just here in Dayton, Ohio Mm -hmm. and Bellbrook, Ohio. It's it's the people that have caught the concept and are taking it into their territories Mm -hmm. because that's. What does Matthew 28 tell us? Go therefore and, and teach on And, teach and all so mm-hmm. you make, and these. I don't want to call them disciples, but these are people that have taken the cause of God's love, not my love, not what I want, but it's God's love and they're taking it into their different territories wherever they are. I remember where... Um, when I was on Facebook doing that live and my older brother, who's deceased now, he he kind of joked, he was like, oh, I love you, you know, in the comments. And then he texted me when I got offline. He said, now, you know, I ain't hugging nobody. <laughs> I said, <laughs> and I joked with him and I love him. And I said, but you know what? The thing is, is that we're, he said, "because and it wasn't because he didn't love people. It was because he was nervous to do it. And, and but the thing is, he was nervous to do it the way I did it. And that's what I tell people all the time. It's not about doing the stranger if that's not what you're comfortable with. Do it with your family because some of y'all ain't told your family, I love you. Mm -hmm. Some of Mm -hmm. you ain't told your friends, I love you. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing it in that territory that belongs to you, that landscape will change. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's about, changing the entire landscape and flowering it with God's love.
0: Why do you think it's so difficult for us to be emotional? I'll use that word with our families, just to say, I love you. Because growing up, that was not something that my parents did with us at all. I don't, Mm. I can't think of a time that we ever got a hug or an I love you, me and my uh, four siblings, never. And so, and and, and it's interesting because today I'm a, I embrace and I love, and I love Uh with the love of God. But you know, why is, why do you think that families um, seem to push each other away and maybe keep them at arm's length?
1: You know, I think you answered that uh, in some regard. Um, It's what we're taught. You know, it's what's passed down. And some people, you know, I think people teach us what to do. And some people teach us what not to do. You went the route of, I'm going to hug people. My parents didn't teach me this. They told me what not to do. And I want to go out and hug people. I want to feel that warm embrace. I want that. But some people are taught don't hug and that's how they grow up and that's how they're influenced and that's how they uh, treat their circle of influence. Mm -hmm. And so they just don't have that. Mm -hmm. You know, my last
0: writing was on um, mental health, specifically Mm -hmm. panic, depression, and anxiety. And I would say that suicide comes in there somewhere. Would you say that there was a level of depression that caused you to have the thoughts that you had?
1: For certain. Yes, ma'am. Um, Everybody goes through, it's, it's study showing, everybody goes through about a bout of depression at least one time in their life. And what depression is, um, is just a heaviness of thoughts, sadness over sadness, and not being able to break free of the darkness, dark thoughts, dark thinking, and darkness overall. Um but everybody goes through bouts, but normally they're able to just escape them. They they go through their their season, their period, two three days, and boom, they're out. I was in depression, absolutely, and probably for years, not just days, not just months, but years. I was, I actually, I'm, I'm, I want to do some research on this, and that is, you know, how people sometimes are. Uh, uh, what it? What's the word? Oh, when you're an alcoholic, functioning alcoholic, mm-hmm. I think that there might be something for being a functioning depressant. Oh,
0: that, somebody that's a real that and I thought. feel like
1: that's what I was. I was I was depressed for sure. And I, you know, and I've been to therapists and they've said it as well. So it's not something I'm labeling myself as. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that there's some people that because they're because of their life, lifestyle or what have you, whatever it is. They can't break free from the cycle of depression. And what happens is they learn how to function with it. And they don't do the therapy. They don't do the work required to get better. They don't do the healing. They just learn how to function with it. And I think that's a very scary and sad place to be. But I believe it's a very real thing that we have to address.
0: I'm sure that your psychology um, studies have helped you a lot in Mm -hmm. addressing and identifying some of this. Um, when you when you think about it, and, and I'm really real, I get really excited when pastors are honest and saying that they've gone through difficult times, and you aren't the only one. You you've gone to, um, you've visited psychologists and therapists. I have too in my lifetime, and um, I think it's a healthy thing because. God has given them the ability to help us with our minds and with our thoughts. And until someone gets better, you really need to continue that. And there is no stigma. We need to erase any stigma associated with uh, mental health issues, because who knows what will take someone into a mental health crisis? So how do you feel your psychology background? And um, and I know that's something you want to continue to pursue. But how do you Mm -hmm. feel that that influences your pastoral role, you going through your own Um, situations of the past. And obviously, you know how to deal with them now based on the kind of help you've gotten.
1: Yes, yes. Excellent question. Um, I truly believe that there is a marrying of mental health and the miracle of Jesus. Mm. And it starts with the mind, body and spirit. Um, In order for someone to actually receive the help from the Holy Spirit, their mind has to be open and free of some of the clutter and the chaos that the enemy has placed in them. And I say the enemy, and it could be the enemy or the enemy. It could be one of those two things that have I like that.
0: Enemy, enemy or the enemy. <laughs> I might have to use that in a sermon. You got it. You got <laughs> it.
1: I always tell people the first time can you give me credit after that? You got it.
0: We'll make sure and do that.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. But, uh no, the Holy Spirit gives it. But no, I think that we have to get, you know, in order for the Spirit to really have his way with us, in order for us, you know, we talked about that dialogue that we want with Christ. We can't have it uh, sometimes because he's trying to talk through all of the chaos, he's trying to talk through all of the mess and the messiness that life has thrown on us. But if we sat there with a counselor, somebody that can help us unpack and unpeace and um uh Unpuzzle uh, the things that have gotten us so uh, bound and wound and tied up. We're then able to allow ourselves the possibility of listening to the Holy Spirit. Then He can then speak to us. Because what happens is, in order for us to know, in order for us to know His voice, right, we have to be able to hear Him. Exactly. But we can't hear Him if there's a lot of stuff compacted on top of it, mm-hmm. on top of our life. Because what are we hearing? We're hearing the replays of the junk that's on our life. We're hearing the recordings of the negativity, hearing the recordings of those things that hurt us, hearing the recordings of the things that have depressed us. We're hearing that. And the Holy Spirit, God is like, I'm trying to help you know that I'm here. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm trying to provide. I'm Jehovah Nisi. I'm Jehovah, you know, uh I'm trying. But he can't so my thing is that going to a therapist there's nothing wrong with having a therapist in jesus the therapist will teach you how to cope with life and god will offer you the hope of life and those things married together will have us living the best life mm-hmm. that's what we always talk about the best life but really some of us are still not living the best life because we can't hear the holy ghost right. without the holy ghost We can't have the best of anything because it is the indwelling of His Spirit that allows us to have the abundance. It's the indwelling of His Spirit that allows us to have the prosperity. It's the abundance of Him living in us that allows us to have the best of anything. So then we have to then sit back and say, "All right, God, thank you for the therapists that have gone to school, that have gone through training, that have." that have sat with and underneath people to give me the skills to help me let go of some of this, excuse me, let work through To let go some of this stuff that is bothering and burdening me, Mm -hmm. you know, but it is a mind, body and soul work. It's not one over the other. We have to do them together and in collaboration. Why? Because God said, those that love me, love him in what? Mind, body and spirit. Mm -hmm. We have to do that. And so if he's telling us those conditions of loving him in mind, body and spirit, if anything happens to mind, body and spirit, guess what? They all got to be worked on. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) So that would make us dysfunctional if they're not working Absolutely. together. And that's one of my foundations for the, my ministry is mind, body, and spirit. They have to collaborate. And if they're yes. not collaborating, then something's um there, there's a disconnect. Yes. And Absolutely. um, you for said sure. something when you talked about all of the stuff you're working through mentally, the mental wrangling. I consider it, I call it mental hoarding. You know how you oh. keep piling stuff in oh. and piling stuff on it. And, yeah. uh, and then you don't throw away anything. And sometimes, <laughs> a lot of the times, we need to be throwing away that stuff that is destroying us. Yes. The stuff of yes. the past, the stuff that people told you that is not in God's mm-hmm. word. And so mm-hmm. do you think that you have to have a Christian therapist or can you use anyone that, that God identifies for you?
1: I believe it's the fit, the fit of the of uh, the counselor. Mm-hmm. Um yep. no, every every Christian counselor ain't Christian. <laughs> okay. So, hey, right. I think <laughs> I say it like this, and this is how I tell anybody that asks me, and that is, when you go to the shoe store, does every shoe fit? No. Yeah, you put doesn't. it on, you look in the mirror, you walk down that little aisle, you turn around in it a little bit, you prance a little bit, you say yes or no. Counselors are no different. You try them on, you ask them questions a little bit, the same way they're asking you questions to understand if you guys have chemistry. If you don't, you move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you can't be vulnerable with somebody that doesn't match your spirit, your mm-hmm. cadence. I don't care. And, and that can be a, a person uh, non Christian uh excuse me a non-specific Christian counselor or a Christian counselor mm-hmm. it doesn't matter somebody's spirit may not fit yours period it's about going to like you said where God and the Holy Spirit is guiding you to get the help it don't matter because somebody may need to be talked to a little rough you know mm-hmm. and I you know so maybe or the direct, Christian counselor
0: or yes. someone that can really get in As, there and that's not right. allow you to sugarcoat something that's, that's right. wrong yeah Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. So you're finding the person that fits your character, your who you are and who's going to get the best work out of you. Mm-hmm. Because going to counselors, it's not about sitting there. It's about becoming vulnerable to everything, exposing who you are, laying it down at the altar, mm-hmm. you know, laying it down at the altar so that God can speak to you. That's what we have to think about it as. It's you're not talking to this person. If this person is being led or you're being led to this person by the Holy Spirit, guess what? They're now a conduit of God, whether they're in nature or or supernatural, you know, whichever device they're working in, God can still speak through them.
0: Amen. And
1: that's what we have to understand. So when we're opening ourselves up before them, we're allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. That's why it's important to have a good fit, because Uh, like anybody in any relationship, you're not comfortable. Guess what? They're not going to get the best work out of you. And it's work. Mm -hmm. It takes work to go through a counseling for years on end or weeks on end or months on end, usually between months and years um, on end to be able to get the best product. And the product is the fruit that you're Mm -hmm. carrying. When you got all that chaos, you're not producing fruit. And if you are, you're serving rotten fruit. Why? Mm -hmm. Because your thoughts are rotten. Your heart is, is rotting. You know, it's, 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 it's those things that um, we, we, we try to throw back and allow the, we try to pretend don't exist. I had a situation where um, a a young lady came to me and she had actually driven from, uh, from, uh, from her home In two hours, drove to my doorstep just and had taken pills. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't know she had taken pills. I thought she had taken them on my doorstep. She said she took them out uh, two hours ago. Oh my. In hopes that she would get into a car accident on her way. But the Holy Spirit got her to my door. And when we finally got her admitted into the hospital and things like that, you know, the one thing the Holy Spirit said was tell her to stop getting over stuff. Mm. He has to go through it. And that's what it is about a counselor is that you have to be vulnerable enough to go through the process. You're going to have to, I said it earlier, unpack, uncover, rediscover, excavate. You're going to do all of that stuff. And you have to be willing to understand that each week is going to be another something that's going to be brought up. It's going to might send you into a tailspin. But that's why you need the counselor to help you have coping mechanisms that you don't fall into a tailspin that ends your life or ends you to the bottle or ends you to shopping, undereating, overeating or any other uh, mechanism that we might use to get away from it, to mm-hmm. escape. Because the whole point is to fill it. The whole, we don't feel enough going back to what you said. Why why is it that people don't say, I love you and hug? Mm-hmm. Because most of the time they never received it. They never felt the love. They never felt the hug. They never felt and were able to translate it that, wow, this feels good to be able to give it to somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
1: they only knew what they knew. So we have to come, coming back to that point is we have to go through the pain to get to the purpose of why we exist Mm -hmm. or get go through the pain to get through to the uh, power of why we exist.
0: Amen. Amen. And I like that you identified those coping mechanisms. Um, Mm. So if someone is trying to figure out, am I depressed or am I having Mm -hmm. a difficult time or am I, you know, just getting over instead of going through a pain or Mm -hmm. something like that? um, I, I think that's good because good to know because then someone can identify, well, wait a minute, why am I excessively shopping? Uh, yes. Why am I eating so much? Yes. You know. Why am I drinking? Why am I taking drugs? I mean, why, yes. what am I trying to escape? And yeah. usually you're doing that because you don't want to identify mm-hmm. exactly what it is. Now mm-hmm. we're not psychologists or, or therapists, no. but we do pastoral <laughs> counseling. Counseling, That's right. And so That's right. where do you find the pastoral counseling comes into play Can they work alongside with the therapist, or how how do how do you see that working?
1: Yes, yes. Um, I've I've actually God has blessed me to couple several uh, to journey several people's um, sessions, and so what I'll actually do is um, if I if somebody comes to me and I sense that they need to be referred out because I will not allow anyone to sit in my tutelage longer than three sessions making the same claims. Okay. If, they have, if they're saying the same things over and over, guess what? I'm not a licensed counselor. now it's time to refer you on to someone else. Okay. But what I do is then I give them the I give them a list of about, of about 10 people <laughs> that they can reach out to and then once they start seeing them after three sessions with that counselor, then they can start coming to me again because what's happening is now they're starting to to open up. remember we said the Holy Spirit can't talk. Without some of that stuff being let go, so now we are now able to couple our our resources together. Um, them bringing the again the coping mechanisms. You're getting some of that stuff out. You're dumping some of that stuff actually in that session room. You're getting it out. You're letting you know you're letting it go. And then now the Holy Spirit. You come into my office, into my care, what have you. And then we're able to walk through the Bible or walk through. A battlefield of the mind, or we're able mm-hmm. to walk through some type of teaching that now that stuff can get into you. And now we're able to walk together. And I'll walk through an entire book with you mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. But it it takes that person getting the services and the resources, because I'm not a licensed counselor. I can't and won't put myself in a situation <laughs> where right. Um, either of us will get in trouble, you know, more so me than them, because they can come back and say, oh, you said this, and oh, nope, you're not going to get me caught up. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, side, no
0: <laughs> How long did it take you to unpack all of the stuff before I'm you... still unpacking. Okay, I like that, because I think sometimes we're unpacking all our lives. We think we've all figured it out, and then yeah. something else comes up that's a trigger. Yeah. And do you yes. have triggers sometimes, you think? What kind of For what certain. kind of things trigger you?
1: Oh, without getting too personal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'd have to think about that. And I'm gonna write that question down. Okay. Um, so that I don't say something that I don't want aired in this space.
0: I understand. Um, so I'm so, so write let's let's down. frame it a different way instead yeah, of triggers. Yeah. When are there periods where sometimes mm-hmm. that you revisit the things that cause you the dark cause you to go into the dark place?
1: Oh. Yes. Um, You know, and this is just, this is a pastoral care, -care self-care moment right here. Um, When people... If I'm not in a healthy place with God, if I've let my devotion go, if I've kind of because you know we get busy sometimes, yeah, and we, we don't do. always and every time we ain't gonna sit here and lie and say we do it every single day.
0: We do As pastors and preachers, okay? Yeah. I said <laughs> so, from the pew, pew to the pul- uh, from the pulpit all the way to the congregation. We all, you know, the pew in the on. pulpit. We struggle, and we yeah. we're real. and we're gonna struggle until the Lord calls us home because Absolutely. you know He is shaping us to be that perfect That's and it. entire vessel. And if we yeah. were perfect and entire, we probably would be with him. We wouldn't right. necessarily be, be here. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the only time we'll be perfect exactly. is when we get up there. That's, exactly. why, that's why I love the word where it says we're perfecting,
0: yes. but we're not perfect. Perfecting the same. That's what we're doing.
1: <laughs> so, yes, ma'am. I would say um, in moments where I had not been on my game. And somebody does a session and maybe they talk about, and I'll say this, they talk about molestation. I've been molested and was molested for about seven years. And because it's still a pain point at times, depending on how it's said, um, because I'm ready to fight for you. Okay, you can't fight, but I'm ready to fight for you. All right, let's go. Who do we need to go talk to, you know? but. What happens is is when I'm not yeah, when I'm not ready, that trigger will hit me, and I'm just not in the best space for counseling, for being in that pastoral care role. And I've been honest with people. I've been honest with people, I can't take your meeting today. Mm-hmm. I've been honest with people in the in the session. I'm sorry, we'll have to conclude today's meeting, and I'll we'll have to pick this up. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't know why. You know, because that's not for them necessarily, depending on how the Holy Spirit leads me to explain it. He'll give me the words to say without necessarily saying that this is triggering. Because what happens too is, if I know that they're going to come back to me about that same thing, I then refer them to someone else. Okay. Because I may not be able to have that conversation with them at all.
0: And that's good to know. know because sometimes... There are things that you may, someone may, listening to this, they've gone to their therapist, they've talked with their pastor, and they've done all those things, and then those triggers come, come up again. And mm-hmm. I think, I'm going to circle back to the I Love You, the movement, I, I, I just so believe that just knowing that, that you're loved and that you're appreciated and that no matter what has happened or what you may have done that you share that love of God with them. And yes, we as pastors have those same (laughs) concerns and things. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes certain movies I cannot watch because Mm -hmm. they remind me of things from the past. And and so I think it's important for people to understand that in spite of everything that -hmm. you may have gone through, anything that you have experienced, God loves you. And he calls us to him. And so... When you um, started this, I love you, the movement, and and I'm surprised it's been in effect for 20 years and I just heard about it. And when I heard about it, it intrigued me to the point Mm -hmm. I'm like, I got to talk to her. I got to know what this is all about because I really want to understand how loving someone changes the trajectory of of their life and Mm -hmm. how they can take that moment and that movement. And even if they don't know you, they can join you in it in the sense of, doing what you're doing, loving people mm-hmm. in spite of. And I know that that was, it must have been been the influence that drew me to you because even at seminary, and I was a facilitator there and you were a student yeah. and I never, we never really talked, but right. I <laughs> felt like I in knew passing. you. In right, passing. I, in passing. We spoke and that was about it. And maybe we had two sentences, but mm-hmm. just feeling, and I'm, I'm very discerning. The Lord gave me that gift, but mm-hmm. you know, just that spirit was connecting. And I'm thinking, whoa, this, this, this girl is deep. She, she, there's something about her that people need to know about. So if we were to sum up this whole conversation, I'll circle it back to that whole, I love you, because we've talked about loving yourself in directly and indirectly, loving yourself, taking care of yourself, getting the, the, the assistance or help you need, the therapy that you need and, and making sure that you're being, open and honest, and I like the whole idea of vulnerability. Um, who was who it? I don't know if you did this in class with Brene Brown, and she talks about the power of vulnerability. I um, haven't yet. But um, I will that, get, that's get a it. wonderful TED Talk, but just being willing to be open, and I have to say, being open with someone you trust, because you, trust. you don't <laughs> want to hear your story being told by someone who really doesn't understand you or your story, but right. understanding that That they are loved enough that you can respect their privacy and and respect their story and not judge or blame or anything like that. Your movement is about moving past all of that and just embracing people where they are which is yes. a powerful thing because that's what Jesus did and that's what Amen. you're doing. So if you were to sum up this, I love you, the movement so that people would get excited about it, want to do it. I'm going to have you do one of um, my workshops because I think people need to get to, to know you. So oh, how would you oh, sum God. all that up? <laughs>
1: um, I would say. Um, whew, needing love brings us to a need of Christ.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Um mm. And one of the basic needs on the hierarchy of needs is love. And for us to function, and that's that's a natural concept. But if God is love and he's the highest, one of the basic needs is love. That means we need it. Mm-hmm. We want it. Whether you think you need it and want it, or don't want it, mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. So let's try, if at all possible to love humankind. Amen. Period.
0: Amen. I love that. It reminds me of the garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned against God and uh doing things he told them not to do, but yet still loved them enough to give them a way back and God yes. gives us all of us a way back and I just I am so thankful for you and Thankful, thankful that you took so much time to talk about your I Love You, The Movement. Now, if someone was interested in getting involved or wanted to know more, uh, how would you direct them?
1: Yes, yes. Our website is www.ilythemovement.com. That's www.ilythemovement.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook at ILY The Movement. And both of those offer daily encouragements throughout the day, uh, moments of laughter, moments of inspiration, moments of, aha, I didn't realize that about a person that may be dealing with anxiety or, aha, this may be this person may be dealing with um. Uh, depression. Also, we have resources on our website for people that are dealing in mental health crisis in that moment. Uh, Of course, we encourage everyone that may be in a severe crisis to call 911. But in the event that you just need somebody to talk to, you can go to our website and you can be connected toward resources internationally and nationally that you can talk through text or through the telephone. And you can actually speak with a licensed professional right there and get some support. Right there.
0: That's great information, Felicia. I am just so moved by your story, your candor, your intelligence, and your willingness to just share a, a, just a what is it, pericope of your life, just a, <laughs> that, that little bit of your life with, with with us and 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 my listeners. And I am just praying that the I love you, the movement. It just becomes so big that. It is life and world changing. And I just believe it is, especially because the foundation is solid and that foundation is Jesus Christ himself. Amen. And so I'm just looking forward to hearing more about what you are doing and I will be sharing it with my following and listeners so that they get to know you, even if they don't get to know you personally, they'll get to know you through your acts of love. And uh, again, I can't say enough. That's what Jesus was all about. And that's what making disciples is all about sharing and spreading his love. And if it means doing a random hug with someone and, you know, I I go to the gym uh, weekly uh, at least five or six times. And I'm really irritated when someone comes to talk to me because I just want to get my workout done. But after talking with you, when I see someone that needs a hug, I'm just going to go and do it. And I just know the Lord will redeem my time of being yes. able to take care of myself. Yes. So thank you again for your time. For sharing your story with me and all of my listeners. And mm. I pray that your candor and your honesty will just lead someone to a better life as they are able to see the sunrise, to see the S O N rise in their Amen. life through I Love You, the movement. God bless you. And until next time, be sure to see the sunrise, to see Christ in your everyday situations.